Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Despite what their moms told them, they just aren't talented enough for radio. Unfortunately, anyone can have a show these days. Sean. Well, I'm pretty hard to figure out sometimes. I can't figure myself out sometimes, so don't you try to. Joe. You're an idiot. And really, a disloyal person. This is the Cuse Militia. Those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. It's the most bullshit thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome, orange men and ladies. Happy Sunday. This is the Cuse Militia with Sean and Joe at Cuse Militia on the socials. Go there. Join the militia. Welcome. Thank you to all of you for tuning in and hanging out with us. We are going to talk. Um, look, football's coming. So... Yes, There's a couple other little things in between there, but football's coming. Joe's been chomping at the bit to get here, okay, to the point of, uh, well, I don't know, calling, texting. So it's been too long. There's too much news built up, and this is how it goes once once uh, training camp starts. So yep. we're going to get into all that. Uh, Syracuse will play their first game on September 4th. We hope to be back before then. Uh, that'll be against Ohio at Ohio. And is there a game time for that? I don't see it. 7 o'clock. Okay, okay. 7 o'clock Saturday game to open it up? What do you think? I like that. Yeah. I like that. Is it Saturday? It's a Saturday. September 4th, Saturday, 7 p.m. So that's something to look okay. forward to. Okay, that's going to be yeah. a great opening game. And then um, a 2 o'clock game the following week. So... I've been on vacation. I've been way out of the loop. I had to do a ton of a ton of reading and watching to get caught up this weekend. And Joe's going to help all of us. He's going to help all of us get caught well, up. I mean, did it? Did it at least help you get in the mood a little bit? Especially with preseason football Look, starting. I mean, there's... dude, you you know you know the know. deal. You know the deal. It's been like the hottest week of the yeah. summer. Down here, down where, yeah, where you are, where I am. I mean, I don't know. I don't check anybody else's weather, but probably Syracuse I talked to too. you. Probably Syracuse too. But it's been hot. It's been so hot. Oh yeah, and I love it. The last thing I want to think about is like leaves dropping in football. Those things coincide with me. But once it gets going, I'm good. I'm good. I just, yeah. I'm a perpetual summer guy, man. If I lived in Florida then I would be able to be like super excited for football, but I still have to go through the seasons here in Virginia and yeah, it sucks. You know what I'm saying? See, like I, I like two seasons, spring and summer. I, I don't, I don't mind the fall, but I can't stand the winter. I really see. I, I love the, the fall and down here. It's not like we don't get a big gap of that because it still stays so hot for so long. So, I mean, I was getting in the football move. I was helping, Helping coach a little bit with some flags, some flag Where football, Logan and, Logan and Blake this Saturday. And I'll tell you what, I, I'm not, I don't like the heat I can, football combined. You, well, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not I playing, I'm watching. Out there. I'm not playing, I'm watching. <laughs> I mean, look, 
I, I was on vacation. I went to three different beaches, lo- well, mostly local, right? Yeah, no. Well, Outer Banks and then two local ones. And it was brutal, dude. I'm not yeah. the umbrella guy at the beach. I'm not. I'm like, what's this guy doing at the beach? He's got an umbrella. What the hell's he doing? <laughs> so, I mean, so put some sunscreen on, you know? Enjoy the sun. That's what it's for. Anyways, I was like, man, that umbrella guy is pretty smart over there because I was <laughs> yep. boiling, bro. I was boiling. It was brutal. But anyways, look, congrats to uh, Jimmy Grant. He's going to bring home a gold medal and obviously uh, former SU. So, congrats Absolutely. to him. That's huge. He didn't get to play in the in the final game, but an 87-82 gold medal game against France. U.S. goes on to take that one. And some jersey retirements. Gary Gate, Felicia Leggett, um, Le- Jack, Anna Goodell, and Katie Rowan Thompson are going to get their jerseys retired. Syracuse doesn't retire numbers per se, really. They'll bring back the 44 maybe eventually. That's the only one I can think of or maybe even... No, the 22 is used. Yeah. So no. um, the 44 will get bought back at some point eventually, but they retired jerseys. Congratulations to all of them. Look, uh, um, uh, Leggett Jack, too, by the way, she was somewhat in the running before all of this happened, these jersey retirements happened. She was the one that was in the running. She coaches U University of Buffalo, and she was kind of in the running for the – Head coaching, coaching job for Syracuse yep. women's basketball team. And she graduated from Nottingham High, and she's a Syracusean. So that seems like a perfect fit. And she, I mean, w- wouldn't that be great for her to be able to come back home and coach a team where her jersey resides in the rafters? Yeah. That would be, hey, that might, would be pretty might awesome. Might not happen this year, right? But might, no, well, they're, they're already saying interim. Um, oh, no, yeah, he's already going to coach be, Van, so right? Almost, yeah. Right. So that might just be that this year is his. His tryout, and if she kicks butt over in Buffalo and he doesn't do so well, then uh, that could be an obvious move in the uh, off season. So yeah, I don't want to go through all the stats and accolades of all the of these of these four individuals, but uh, who is I'm assuming they're pretty, sure. pretty good. They're really good. good. Mike McAllister has a piece. He he breaks it down by by player and accolade and. Um, you know, he does a really good job organizing that. And you guys can go over to si.com, um, Syracuse SI. It's si.com slash college slash Syracuse basketball. So that's the actual. But anyway, yeah. uh, with that said, congratulations to them. I want to get into everything else, including a little bit of SU men's basketball for us and for you. And there was another recruit, third recruit of the 2022 cycle. But before we do it, let's talk about the Green Room app, the Green Room Spotify app. Go there, set up an account, get an email address, a password, and a username. You can go ahead and follow us on that. That is how we are going to have you participate in fan feedback when possible, as well as the social media stuff. But this is a good way for you to call in live. We will go live. You'll get a notification if you follow us. You can go ahead and request to speak we can uh, go through you guys and bring you on one at a time and i think you can actually bring them on more than one at a time but we'll start with one at a time first of all we need more people to call other than michael okay first of all but once the games gets going get going uh, and we get rolling with that i'm sure uh, we'll be able to utilize it so you can go there you don't even have to follow us you can follow all sorts of other topics ranging from pop culture to politics to sports to arts and crafts 
I mean, everything's on there, and you can start your own thing too as well. You don't have to just be on there to listen to us. So go there to the iOS or Android stores, uh, Green Room Spotify app, download it, sign up today, follow us, would you please? Golly. All right. Thank you. All right. So, Quadir Copeland. Joe, as I mentioned, third recruit for the 2022 class. He's going to join Justin Taylor and Kamari Lands. Uh, Justin Taylor, shooting guard, and Kamari Lands, a wingman. So, uh, Quadir Copeland is a point guard. So, we're going to be phasing out Buddy, obviously, probably, most likely, and yep. bringing, in, uh, bringing in a point guard. Now, I'm, this is the only the third recruit. I'm still waiting on that big that big guy, the big man, uh, or something similar or close. But this is a good get. This is a good get, and the class is actually pretty good. Kamari Lance and Justin Taylor are both highly recruited too. Uh, let's yep. see other offers from LaSalle, Oregon, Miami, Oklahoma State, Penn State, uh, Maryland, uh, among a uh, few others. But those are the big ones. So yeah. Yeah, according to 247 Sports right now, Syracuse is uh, the recruiting fifth, class right? is the number five for 2022. So yeah. it's the fifth fifth ranked class. Yeah, so, shout out um, to whoever tagged us in that on Twitter too, actually. Yeah, so I, I mean, you're looking this. at what Ohio State, Kansas, North Carolina, Connecticut are the only teams that are ahead of them in the 247 Sports. Uh, so again, we can always add somebody else, but. Um, but yeah, big big get. You're talking about most likely, like you said, replacing pretty much your one twos and your threes, getting your guys in there that are going to be your shooting guard, your point guard, and and your small forward. And um, I know that they were talking about Cordier Copeland coming in to be point guard, and um, just a you know great player, a um, little flashy, but six six, and um, so he's got that length for the for the um, the two three zone and. You know, he likes dishing the ball out and, and, and running the offense and everything like that. So uh, as, as much as he's got the size to be a combo guard, I think right now his skills um, are showing that he's more more likely going to be a point guard uh, in our system. So um, he's just going to have to fix some stuff. I know I listened to a little bit over there on Lockdown about it, and I've been reading some stuff about um, – about him and and you know obviously you want to get some of the scouts you know he's a highly committed player a highly um ranked player so there's obviously a bunch of positive but uh also you know they put the negative out there too just so you know and uh, a lot of it that they were talked about was worrying about his off the ball that he's he's used to basically the guy who's guarding the ball and the guy that's bringing up the ball so he's used to on ball um gameplay so that's kind of where his his comfort zone is they say that sometimes when he doesn't have the ball in his hands uh, he stands around a little bit and uh same thing on defense which um you know i read those and i was like oh you know but at the same time we know that um if you don't play defense and you don't you know try and, and it's not there you know the effort on defense then you're not going to see the court so uh, I looked at some of the negative stuff, but I kind of, I mean, I quickly dismissed it because it's going to be, it, to me, it's like, well, <laughs> he's going to come here and he's going to figure that out or else he's going to be transferring pretty quickly because uh, he's not going to get playing time if that's how he's going to play. Um, well, he's going to have not- to change that. I mean, look, he, he out of more so than some of the other recruits that we see, and you can look at basketball and football, both. This guy's really excited to be here. 
Absolutely. Uh, J- D- Coach Coach McNamara developed or you know created a, a hell of a bond with this with this young kid, and you know he came to visit, had dinner at Coach Beheim's house with with some of the other team, and 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 he just loved it, and and he just he want you can tell he wants to be here. Um, with the hard work that comes with having to change your gameplay, I mean, look, a talented kid like this, he's he's someone that's going to be able to do it. But obviously, we still have another year, right? Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the 2022-23 season, so over yeah. a year. Um, yeah. He'll so, be next. He'll be here next year. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Is it? It is. It's the 2022. Yeah. Where Where am yeah. I? Where am I? I mean, I'm stuck in a COVID hole. Yeah. No, I gotcha. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So. <laughs> so it's one of those things where it's going to come faster than than you, you think. So you got about eight when, months. No, you don't. You got like. No, you got like a year. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. He's gonna He's gonna go to school maybe during the summer of next year. Probably get in there and roll and uh, then play in the season of next fall. You, yeah. Just you're right. Fall. You're confusing me though. Because sorry, of the way sorry. basketball falls, you're confusing me. It's the 2022-23 season. Right, which is next year. But, yeah, that's just because so this year is the 2021-22 season. Right. Right. Correct. So, yes, yes, I get that. But that's, when you say next – and I, I hate to go so over the this season on that, air. The season that's coming I get up, it. John, I get not it. the one I'm talking about. I the get one it. that's going to start – yeah, okay. Once Buddy's long gone, right? So. Yes, and that's why I, yeah, well, like I said in the beginning, Buddy will be out of here. No, no. So, and just be, and just because Joe's going to be here doesn't mean that you know there's a situation where he might not play. You know, no, uh, I don't if think he can, so. If he can come in and he can play, we know that Joe can play off the ball as well, right? And he's got a shot. Um, and really, you know, with these kids that are coming in, again, I just hope because again, recruiting is different for basketball because you have a lot, a lot of fewer slots, right? I mean, you saw us with Syracuse football last year. We took what six, seven off, offensive linemen. You know, As you can go heavy in a in a certain position um, every single year if you wanted to in football. But uh, as far as basketball goes, there Syracuse is going to look at it like, oh, I have three or four scholarships. I'm getting one shooting guard, and they have like offers out to three or four guys. You know, so they can't sit there and wait to the end um, because if if one of the other guys commits, then they just took your spot. So. Uh, you know, basketball recruitments, that happens fast. And most of the time, the players, they just want to know where they're going before their senior season even starts so they can just worry about that. Um, and so that's why I don't really worry too much about the decommits. I just hope that with the, you know, the shifting of the way that basketball is now and the way you can transfer portal out and everything like that, I just hope that, you know, Syracuse, you know, the team knows that, you know, Bayheim's not going to not going to deal with that stuff. Like just because you're a certain star, you're a certain name, doesn't mean you're going to come in and get certain minutes. So it's all going to be earned, um, you know. And Quadir Copeland, he's going to have to come in and he's going to have to earn that time to be able to come in and play off the ball with Joe because Joe is going to be the starter, you know. And um, you know everything's earned, and, and even sometimes you know that it's just your freshman year. You got to come in and just do what you can, you know. I just I don't think that that was something that Kadari was happy enough with uh, because he thought he could do more. But that's kind of how. Bayheim and Syracuse, how they roll, you know. I mean, unless it's a Carmelo Anthony coming in as a true freshman, he's kind of always seen the, the, the other players have to come in and earn their roles. Now, if he comes in and takes it, then he's going to give it to him. But um, I just hope that, you know, that these players know what they're getting into. <laughs> so. Yeah, fair enough. 
Okay. I'm just saying, you worry about people transferring. If you're, I mean, that's that's a real thing now, where you can go right into a transfer portal, um, and if they make it to where they can just, I mean, I know they said it was just this year a one-time thing, right? Well, we've seen things come back. So. Well, the, well, the COVID thing is 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 a one-time thing this year, but the rule that well, from was what being I talked about it was, was that like, uh, it's still going on. So who knows if this is going to end up getting extended again, right? Like you never even know. So that's why, like right now, I just some of these coaches, and I can understand why some of them, are, you know, Roy Williams and Mike, you know, Coach K, they're they're pretty much getting ready to go because they just don't want to deal well, with Roy Williams is gone. Yeah, yeah. What's what's coming down the line? You know, I mean, you're just you're getting it's new kids every year. You can't build something if you don't play. You're going to transfer. I just. You know, long gone were the days where these kids come in and earn their spot and know that, oh, I'm just a freshman, so I'm only going to do this, you know? So it stinks, but I just hope that, again, that the players that they that they are recruiting are the type of players that understand this and come in. And well, it's 6'6", point guard. I mean, that's going to be – It's got the. he's got the frame and the body to fit into the zone. He's going to – Oh, and, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So – you know, you, you got to think that maybe this is – you're talking about fit. Maybe this is an excellent fit. I mean, it's quite possible that that their adjustment is minimal, you know? As, yeah, as and far I think as, as far – yeah, and as far as offensive-wise, um, I don't know if that's necessarily his his best strength. I mean, he can score, um, but he's it's like – his ju- the jumper isn't his, his best part. You know, his, it's, it's his passing. It's his dishing. It's, you know, being an improviser out there and um, – making plays and uh when he is on the ball defense he's, he's really good so it's just obviously you're gonna have to play defense if you're gonna be there so well, i'm not every, worried about that. all all freshmen struggle on defense at syracuse well i mean <laughs> there was a lot of insinuated effort errors or effort effort questions in these things you know so sure, i mean yeah. when but again that's just effort and if you're not going to give the effort then you're not going to you're not going to play and you know that so right. and it's hard too because you're an a you know, you know, AAU tournament game, or maybe he's playing in a, you know, a high school league that's just a little bit easier for him. So he's maybe playing a little bit lax in some, some situations. You know, so the other thing they said too also was um, that sometimes he can get a little too flashy with his passes, which we know will sure, land, when, you, especially land you on the bench. With the absolutely, it doesn't coach. take much, and also too when you're moving up a level. That reaction time on the defense is a whole lot different than it would be when you're playing as a man amongst boys in high school. And, you know, we see people make those mistakes all the time. And that, that stuff happens early. Thank God the season's long. You know, oh, yeah. so but I mean, if he, live if and he learn. Can, if he, you're going to make he's going to make mistakes. You know, he's going to make mistakes. Oh, yeah. As long as he understands when he when he shows up that he's not the go to offensive guy and that when he does come in off the bench, um, that he has that effort and gets those steals like Kadari did on defense and you know, sets people up for shots and just kind of manages the game out there, you know, and not trying to do too much. Uh, let the speed come to him, like you said. And, um, yeah, I mean, you never know because, like you said, there's a whole another year and a couple months away before we see him anyway, and he has only been getting better and rising up. So I, I'm pretty sure he was a three-star not too long ago. I believe he's a four-star now, and he's just kept moving up. So definitely an exciting get. Three guys in our recruiting class that we can all – you know, look forward to. They all got their own <laughs> unique uh, games, but um, they all bring a lot of talent. So, and I just really think that there's going to be more to come as well. I don't think that these three are going to be the only ones. So, I don't think so either. 
I don't think so either. Like I said, I'm looking for a center. I want I want a I want a a good solid big bodied center. Yeah. Someone with some muscle already. Not someone we're gonna bring him in and feed him peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for three years. Uh, D- Dakota- Something must be wrong with our peanut butter and jelly sandwiches because I don't know I how mean, much it works. Freaking Mark was eating whole pizzas to the head, and you know what he gained? Fifteen pounds in four 10, years. 15, Ten, like- fifteen pounds, maybe. Yeah, he grew an inch. Uh, so, anyways, it's just sometimes it's not in you. If, you know, if only I could eat a pizza to the head and not have to worry about gaining weight. <laughs> uh, all right. Dakota Davis, uh, Stephen Bailey tweeted out he was seen walking around with a boot on his right foot. And sources confirmed to Bailey that he had not practiced in any of any of the um, spring training so far. Yep. So, you know, limited last year due to injury. And I hope this isn't a trend. Obviously, Joe, with our our offensive line woes, and there's Cody Shear, and you can talk about that in a second. But with the offensive line woes that we've had, obviously Dakota Davis is going to be a piece that would be welcomed, to say the least. So you got Darius yeah. Tisdale, right? Darius yeah. Tisdale. And I mean, yeah, there, there's I a mean, couple more. The depth, the depth is at least the depth is there so far this year. I mean, oh yeah, we added Chris Blyche too. Chris Blyche, now he's yep, there. That's right. Yeah. So, um, anyways, we'll just have to see. I mean, if he's walking around with a boot, that doesn't sound too bad, I guess. You know, I mean, well, that's sometimes that could just be for. Um, I mean, a lot of times they'll just put you in a walking boot just in case before they even really know what's going on. And that just in really case, just, yeah. I mean, it could be a sprain down to a contusion, and they're just being got careful. him in that walking boot because it's kind of keeping the pressure, keeping the weight, kind of softening all that, um, so that it just gives it, you know, doesn't allow it to be further injured and gives it a chance to heal properly. So, um, if it was something serious, serious, then you would already see him in a cast. Um, and again, obviously, you know, you get those high ankle sprains or you know some ankle sprains that can. Sometimes sprains are worse than breaks, so um, I hope it's not going to be something that to, 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 that's going to linger because um, that's something that at any, at any possible time you could tweak that and be out two weeks. So um, hopefully it's something that is that he can just get over. I know that Dino said that they expect him back soon, so hopefully that's just more of a precaution um, yeah, than he, an actual he, caution. He, yeah, he didn't speak too much of it. And uh, I just want to go over a, a couple more additions, Joe, and then I want to do I want to do the training camp montage, and we can gotcha. talk we can talk about that. So Cody Shear, as I mentioned, uh, Arizona State grad transfer, offensive lineman. Um, he spent 2019 and 20 with Arizona State, 2018 campaign with Oregon, according to Mike McAllister. Played primarily along interior the offensive line at ASU in Oregon, including time at center. So, and he has two years of eligibility remaining, as he points out. So, yeah, um, depth. No, yeah, I mean right? we we know that we got depth anyway because we brought you know the six guys in plus Jacob Bradford, you know the um, the JUCO transfer. So we got a guy in there that's going to already come in with some size and some experience, and um, obviously with. Uh, with Chris Blight uh, coming up and then Dakota Davis and just people getting healthy, even though obviously we just talked about Dakota Davis. But um, 
Yeah, and and then obviously we had some some guys that redshirted last year that that sat out that um that uh that weren't ready to contribute um, that can possibly step up as well. So the depth this year is just exponentially like better. And with this guy um, showing up, I mean this, you know, you, looking in, looking through these, you know, um, Mike McAllister, he's got um, an article on this guy and just looking at this guy. I mean, he's a top ten guy. In their cycle in 2017, as far as he was a top 10 player in the state of Oregon, um, signed with Oregon, played one year with Oregon, transferred to Arizona State. Like you said, um, the funny the funny question is, is so um, San Diego State, who was the the team that he one of the team in his final eight, Mike Schmidt, who is our current offensive line coach, he was recruiting him there at San Diego State. And I know he didn't go there, but obviously, you know, they have some type of relationship so maybe that was a reason why he decided to um to transfer to our school but the funny thing in this whole article is why he decided to uh transfer in the first place because last year or this past year over the, the past yeah don't, season, don't don't confuse me again go ahead arizona state hired um uh, mike cavanaugh our coach right. from last year that got fired, mm-hmm. and so and and Sheer, they they uh, went through spring practice with Mike Cavanaugh as the coach, and after spring practice at Arizona State with Mike Cavanaugh as the coach, he decided he wanted to enter a transfer portal. And he ends up at Syracuse. That's kind of weird, and now right? he's going to Syracuse, where Mike Cavanaugh came from, where Mike Schmidt, our new offensive line coach, sits, who was one of his primary recruiters when San Diego State was trying to get him. So um, hopefully, this is just a. Uh, a situation where he's going someplace where it's just a personal and better fit for him. Uh, there's a little bit of familiarity with, um, with, you know, the coach cause they obviously had a little bit of a relationship and, um, yeah, two years of eligibility coming from playing against Oregon, Arizona state being in the PAC 12 out there with uh, that type of competition. I mean, I think that there's no doubt. I don't, I wouldn't say he's definitely going to start, but there's no doubt that this guy's going to be able to, to come in and then fill a hole if, if we get an injury. Yeah. So and big, big obviously, get, really. I mean, especially yeah. this close to camp, right? You know. Yeah, and, and you know, with two years remaining and getting to play behind some of these guys, obviously, maybe get to get plugged in, get a little bit here and there. But obviously, the big thing is that Chris Elmore is not going to have to play guard or any yep. other freaking position on the offensive line. So mm-hmm. that's a, that's a huge plus, and it's and it's definitely uh, a long way from where we were last year. Everybody, well, we'll we'll get into we'll get into yeah. the depth of everything in, in a minute after the montage. But there's another one, Devon Cooper. He is a UTEP Miners transfer. He's a wide receiver, and he is going to come in as a. This is according to Stephen Bailey, a redshirt senior walk-on. So I don't know exactly how or why that is, but I would imagine he would get a scholarship. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. He's got obviously some, some playing time, 21 catches for 395 yards uh, for Arizona. And for the minors, he had 20 catches for 283 yards and a touchdown. So, I mean, it's not terrible. He's, he's targeted a lot. He doesn't have, no, a yeah. ton, he doesn't have a ton of tape. He's got a little bit. And I mean, you know, you got to take it for what it's worth, but there's not a ton there, but someone with some experience on bringing, bringing them to a Syracuse squad. That's kind of, really needs some some more experience at wide receiver. 
right? Yeah, so. and he, he looks like somebody, you know, 5'11", 175 pounds. He looks like somebody that um, can, I mean, I'm looking at 5'11", 175, and I'm thinking speedster, uh, thinking slot, slot, slot receiver guy. Yeah, you actually, know, Sean, uh, him and Sean Riley went to the same high school. Yeah, they went to the same high school, and uh, interesting enough, because uh, when I saw this name, sounded familiar and then when i read the uh the articles um i remember when we got sean riley sean riley he wasn't he wasn't an offer to scholarship but he was offered like a, a gray shirt walk-on or something it was basically like hey you're gonna be a walk-on but if there's extra scholarships we'll like give you, one. you first right. right yeah so um and so he had that offer from arizona and Devon Cooper, he was a hot, more highly ranked. He was a three-star. I think he was rated the 91st receiver in a cycle. So he was a top 100 receiver. Um, and he was actually um, committed to Arizona. He had a, an actual scholarship. And like I said, Riley was, but only on a walk-on. But then those two, they actually both, because we were recruiting both of them, they both took visits to Syracuse. And Cooper stayed with committed to Arizona, but Sean Riley committed to us because we actually offered him a scholarship. So it's just funny how this works. You know, he went to Arizona. He played there for, I believe, uh, two or three years. He registered his first year because of an injury. He was out all season. Uh, then I think when he transferred to UTEP, I think after the first or what, the fourth game or something, he was out with a season-ending injury again. So two different times he's had injuries where he's been out for the you know the whole season. And, um, yeah, I just think it's a situation where um, I think that he can only get better, but it's more of a wants to prove himself. You know, he's got he's got to prove himself. I, I don't think that what he's done on paper since he's been in college football, you know, um, has probably proven that he was a three star 90, the 91st ranked receiver. And this might be a situation like, you know, full circle. Now he's a great gray shirt walk-on yeah i mean that's possibly yeah they got him as a red shirt senior walk-on but i think this was mike McAllister's article that mentioned you know there's if there's scholarships left to give i mean obviously he'd be a candidate for one so uh, yeah we'll we'll just have to kind of keep our eye on that but um so, so i mean it just sounds it sounds like maybe between sheer and him uh, two guys that uh, were highly, highly ranked and recruited and, you know, highly touted coming out of, of high school. And um, they kind of just haven't found their way yet, whether it be coaching, whether it be buried in depth, you know, maybe it's just scheme. Who knows? Uh, and then with the injury bugs, you know, I don't know if what the deal is with Shear if he ever got injured. But obviously, Devon Cooper injuries, you know, kind of hurt his, his yeah. situation. Right. Yeah. So, um Overall, I mean, not a bad – again, two two guys that you grab through the transfer portal, you know, at the <laughs> and 11, at the 11th hour, right? Or yeah. Or the 23rd hour, and that there are people that could possibly contribute on this team, and they both have two years eligibility. I mean, how Devon Cooper with COVID and with the red shirt and with the injury, I mean, he could end up playing seven years of college football. He's got two years eligibility. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, you know, that's what's – kind of been exciting about the transfer portal but at the same time like i'm definitely not down for this madness every year oh no i'm definitely not but uh so there there was there was you know media were were able to get to uh, training camp this year which was great because that means press conferences a little bit more insight 
into maybe a little bit more than what we went through last time, right, Joe, with some of the media mm-hmm. day stuff. So uh, we're going to play you the montage, and we'll be back. You know, the evolution of the offensive line, what can you say about building some depth there for this year? I think it's going to be good. We're so far so good. Uh, we're really happy with some of the young guys. Now, they're not mentally everywhere that they need to be. But with the veterans that we got coming back and with the young kids, right now we really like where we're at with those guys. They got to still grow up, the young ones, but we like where we're at. Aaron Service has played all over the line. What, what can you say about kind of anchoring him somewhere this season and having him have a Well, it would be good because he, he wants to have an opportunity to play in the pros. But as I was telling him, I said, you know what, that's good and we want you to be at one spot. But his whole value, if he wants to play at the next level, is to be able to play multiple positions. So just like the defensive guys that are really spreading themselves out on special teams, there's a bunch of super seniors that are really spreading themselves out in special teams. Because if you're not a starter in the NFL, you better be a multi-positional backup or you better be a guy that helps them on special teams. Coach, you mentioned threes for the first time. For a while you've been preaching adding depth, building the roster, building the foundation. How do you feel about the foundation that you can have a three third unit? Do you feel like you guys have more depth the answer to the question is yes, but this is all based off of what happened with the COVID, the COVID rule by the NC2A. As soon as that rule goes away, it's depth, but then the depth will go away with the rule unless they make some changes and they allow us to bring more people in with initials and things like that, which other coaches are asking for. So quick follow-up to that. Can you use that to your advantage this year, that added depth, maybe for the younger guys to get some reps that they might not have seen before because they didn't have, you didn't have that ability to do so? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. But also, when you talk about some of the other teams, like I know the numbers on the other teams in the ACC, and there's absolutely there's all the rosters have ballooned. They're huge, huge numbers. So this is the most that we've ever had, but it's also the most that everybody else has ever had as well. Was there an experience last year, whether it was coming out of the tunnel, whether it was silence after a touchdown, where you were like, man, this this stinks. This is awful. It's. I came here because of the dome. I mean, you, you want, you're looking for advantages. You were talking about up-tempo offense early. I came here because of the Dome. The Dome, the home experience is an advantage. And, uh, you know, we had no advantage last year. So, and you can say, well, everybody else didn't have an advantage either. Oh, that's great. We love our advantage and we play to our advantage. And uh, it's going to be exciting to get them back in the stands and for these young men to have an opportunity to play in front of Syracuse fans for the very first time for a, a major majority of our football team which is freshman and redshirt freshman. Same thing it's always been since I was young. Compete with myself. Every throw I make, try to make a better one the day after. You know, push myself in the film room and just try to push the offense to be better every day. Coach was saying the other day that we could see some different things this year. I know you're not going to tell us what those are, but are you excited by them? Like, What's the sense of what you're getting there? I'm excited just off of, it's been a while since I played real football. You know, got injured early in the season, so to be back out during spring ball is a little bit of a tease and now to be here during camp just feels that much better with the offense and you know we were blessed in the sense of people getting an extra year so we were able to get those older guys back like Josh Black and all them to have a lot of veterans um, and then the younger class is coming in so I'm excited for this year for sure. Tommy Coach said that he wants an outright winner at the quarterback because he doesn't want to have to name one. What's that resonate to you when, when a statement like that is said? Same thing you told me from day one, make it black and white. No gray in the middle, make it clear cut. Tommy, do you think you've become more assertive as a leader as time's going on? No doubt. Being around older guys, you know, 
my freshman year, I was around Zaire Franklin and Eric Dungy, so watching them. Then the next class going up with Mo Neal and Jamal Custis and watching all those guys, you know, you take a little bit from each person. You know, everybody's different, so to take a little bit from all those guys and bring it on to one body, you know, I just try to help push the offense and just make sure that the team all around is in the right state of mind so we can move forward. How ready are you? Do you feel like to, you know, do do what you need to do at the position? I do. I feel like it's open competition, and um, it's just there's a big learning curve, and so I mean it's it's kind of hard to throw you in there and be four or five years behind somebody, but just learning, going and taking that with a grain of salt, and kind of not want to say lowering expectations, but no, I'm not going to be exactly where he's at early on. But now in the camp, things should level out more, and just you know, it's two different styles of play. So, sure. but um, I mean, I feel I've been given an opportunity, and I just got to continue to keep working and get better. Still trying to get used to the uh, the orange. Not, not many people can rock that, and it's hard to make me look good. But um, <laughs> I mean, just taking it day by day and learning, and uh, you know, being the best me I can be, and just see where the uh, the chips fall at the end of the day. But I, I'm giving everything I got, and I'm gonna give everything to the team, and I just I just want to win games. All right. Lastly, Garrett, from now to the opener at Ohio, what's uh, what's in store here? What do you need to accomplish in the next few weeks? I we just got I just got to keep getting better, uh, leading everybody, and then the team as a whole. We just got to keep working, keep working, and just take each game one game at a time. All right, there he is, Thank Garrett you. Williams. One week of camp complete. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. Edu slash podcast. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. All right, guys, that is your montage. It is brought to us by the Spotify Greenroom app. I'm sorry, guys. Go there, download the app, go to iOS or Android stars, go there. Use it, uh, you need a username, you need an email address, you need a password. It's a great way for you to interact with us as we do some of our fan feedback through that. And also, you can uh, get on there, you can start your own thing. You don't have to be, you don't have to be pigeonholed and in, in listening to us all the time. But if you want to be, you can be. You can follow us and what will happen is, is when we go live, 
you'll get a notification. You can join. You can request, can request to talk. Easy for me to say. Once you request to talk, uh, I see it. I'll line them up, and I'll bring them in one by one, and you can get on the show. And it's just a good way to interact with everybody, and I'm looking forward to starting to do something like this for the football season it hasn't always been easy to try to get people on the show live and so this is like the easiest way for us and it's on an app it's free go to the ios android stores have a username an email address and a password and you will get set up appreciate it go there already Jeez. all right joe um let's go over the the montage as we heard it Okay. Sorry for the Sir. length, but um, that was a good good stuff in there. It was some good stuff, and it was hard to choose exactly what to keep and what not to keep. It was eight minutes. Right. So, anyways, offensive line depth. I'm gonna I'm gonna couple that with the the foundation that was built and the depth and having the large roster for the COVID stuff. Okay, because it's all one thing. And you heard Coach talk. He's gonna help. I don't know who asked. He's gonna help. Of course, he's gonna help. Oh, I wouldn't help. But the the thing about it is is that all of these teams that you heard you heard coach say all of these teams are playing with the with the same with the same stuff again as right. as they always do so right. all the teams are deep all the teams are large you know coach was saying too that he had never been able to use the threes in the past you know few years or whatever it was and now he's got a group of threes. They're, they're doing 11 on 11. And, and so, I mean, that's great. That's great for SU. That's great for SU. Right. It's also great for everybody else. So right. now with what we've said last year, we kind of made – I don't know if we made excuses. I don't know if that's the right way to put it. But we did chalk a lot of it up to the depth and a lot of it up to the COVID stuff. And I think some of that's legit. But – is this going to help Syracuse? Yes, but it's also going to help everybody else. Um, and once again, we're we're talking about having prepared teams in Syracuse, and that's usually a right. huge leap. Now it seems like we're more prepared, no. but so is everybody else. So I mean, what's just well, yeah. what's your take? Well, the top of the top, they have walk-ons that come play on their team in hopes of getting a scholarship and fighting to get on a good team that could go and get a scholarship somewhere else. So depth isn't anything they have to worry about. They have 85 scholarship players, but really when you add all the transfers and stuff like there, all the walk-ons that could probably have a scholarship somewhere else. <clears throat> I mean, that just brings depth and you can have walk-ons that can, you know, come in and actually give your, your scholarship players good reps. Um, yeah, it's been like that. I mean, it's it almost seems to me like this COVID rule actually has finally helped us get to the point where we could actually get catch up to the depth because you've always talked about it every year with D- with Dino Babers is whether it's people transferring, people not panning out, injuries that they they have to end their career. Um, it's it's just been difficult to get up to that type of depth. And then last year you talk about injuries, you talk about people opting out because of COVID. Um, you know, we did not have, definitely not have the depth. We had Chris Elmore, our fullback, playing the line. So, again, like you said, all these rules bringing everything back, it's going to help everybody else too, but I think it's going to help us play a lot less sloppy football. I think um, having this depth, you're going to see a, a line, because I'll tell you, that, that line last year, 
in some spots, in some cases, sometimes, I mean, no quarterback is going to be able to do anything. And it just looked it was really hard to watch sometimes. And, oh, yeah. I mean, Jacoby and Morgan, remember when he came in? And we were like, <laughs> I mean, you warned everybody. You're like, you know, hopefully nothing happens to this cat. Right. And, <laughs> yeah. And, and that's the thing. Is The thing is, is we can sit here and I know we're going to get into the quarterback battle after this, but uh, to me personally, I mean, the depth and not even really the depth, but the cohesiveness of this group and how this group can come together and play. Yeah, just meaning that I think the depth's not going to be the problem. I think it's now we got um, – I look at it like – almost like a business or something, right? And you're a head coach and something's not going right. Yeah, you got to change it out, right? So we get a new offensive line coach. So there's going to be new philosophies, there's going to be new coaching styles, and you just hope that, um, you know, for, for Dino's uh, sake, that he made the right pick and that he's going to come in and change change the way that the offensive line plays because, uh, you know, if they don't, uh, then no quarterback, no quarterback is going to be successful if they play like they did last year. Now, if they can come in and they can bring a little bit of cohesiveness, then we can get a legit um, a legit quarterback competition because, you know, we have all these people that have been questioning running backs, quarterbacks, receivers, and I just don't think that for almost a good part of the last two years you could really even give a good, you know, analysis on some of these players because the offensive line in some situations have been so bad that I mean, you can't fairly judge somebody in another position because of that. So um, hopefully they can come together and, and to what Dino said and what the quarterbacks were saying that, you know, they're going to make it black and white in, in camp and to figure out, you know, one person's obviously going to be head and shoulders, uh, you know, above the other one. He doesn't want to have to worry about starting two quarterbacks and figuring it out. I think he wants to be able to pick one and see um, where that's going to go. Uh, they both right. bring. You're, ju- you're jumping ahead. You're jumping okay, ahead. Yeah. Yes. But you could you could basically argue. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. But you could basically argue that um, that this offensive line and how they play could have have a lot to do with the decision of who's going to be starting quarterback come September fourth. Okay. A couple more things to, and before we get into the quarterback stuff. Okay. Aaron Service, obviously, what is he in his fifth year? I think this year. And if not, if not six, do I, is he six? <laughs> I feel like he's I been don't. around forever. Okay. Anyways, he's been here a long time. Okay. Yeah. He's had issues. All right. I think he's an extremely talented guy, but he has got to lead, He has got to be the leader of this offensive line. And he has got to do that by setting an example that, Hey, you know, we're here to protect this guy, whoever it may be. And he's going to have to do a lot better this year. He has to. I don't know yeah. if he was battling stuff if, if you know before, and it's not all on Aaron's service. Obviously, he was dealing with some things last year. Obviously, that they were all dealing with. It's just maybe trying to do too much. By well, everybody deals with that differently, right? Right, exactly. So, but he is going to have to if he wants to talk about going to the play pro, folks. He's going to have to do a lot better, in in my yeah. opinion. Okay, and I'm well, not putting this all on him. I'm just saying that coach wants to talk about Aaron Service going pro and being able to be, you know, very flexible and on the line in whatever position. I, I just wherever he is, I I hope I want him to just be better. And 
no one wants him to be better more than himself, right? So I'm not trying to be hard on the dude. I'm just saying. Well, yeah, I think he knows. I think that's why he came back for yes, you know, another year. Yes, to, absolutely. I mean, he got sent to to the ACC, you know, as a representative to the whole ACC opening and, and talked about um, talked about the team and, and how he is the leader of the team and he's looking at himself as a leader. He came back to right, um, you know, the, the wrongs of the last couple of years. And, and I mean, if you remember, I think, I believe he was a freshman or a retro freshman starting at center because we had guards and, and tackles around him that were just so good. Um, and I mean, he's been on the starting lineups pretty much for, for the last four years and they've been moving him around to, to where, you know, they think he's best going to be. But, um, but yeah, I mean, Wherever he, they, wherever they got to move him, wherever they got to figure it out, and I think that's just one of the interesting things again with, with this offensive line too is is realistically with this other coach coming in and having a camp and a spring and everything, and having a couple of different linemen that have played different spots. Um, if you have some strengths in some positions and you can move around and mix and match some other ones, you know that there's going to be okay. These guys are going to be the the tackle spot. So where can we move these other guys? So um, there could be a surprise. You know, I know we talked about Cody Shear and. Obviously, Dakota Davis, you know, we don't know what the deal is with his availability, Darius Tisdale. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see possibly even Fine. where Aaron Service, where Aaron, yeah, where Aaron Service even, even lines up. But I'll tell you one thing. He's hungry. He's hungry, and, he and that's did, good. And he didn't, yeah. and he didn't, and he came back to lead. Yes. And set an example, and he did yes. not come back to play like last year. Right. He, so. he feels like he's, he's going to come in, and I hope with everything in me that Aaron Service comes in with the, the, the chip of all chips and just does his thing and, and, and plays the way where I think he's a talented guy, man. I mean, he's done some, he's done, he's played well. There was a lot of people that were looking at him early yes. in his career when he was starting early, when they were thinking, Oh man, by the time this guy's a senior, I mean, we, we were looking at him like, I mean, if you look at somebody that comes in and starts as a freshman or a retro freshman, yeah, especially you, playing especially for on us. the offensive line, right? <laughs> yeah, that too. Right. Like yeah. at the end of the day, I'd look at it like, well, so we got an NFL prospect on our hands. This guy's going to be good by the. And it just seemed to me like it was like as he got a little bit older and as maybe the leadership responsibilities and maybe other roles of the team responsibilities kind of piled up on him, it almost seemed like he was, you know, and he moved a couple of different positions too, but it's, you know, and the people around him and the talent around him changed a little bit. Uh, but it seemed like, you know, they got a little worse. And like I said, I'm not trying to be hard on the guy because, you know, there's always things happening. There's always injuries that aren't talked about that are there. And then last year, you know, I'm never going to, you know, you never know who and who went through what, you know, what happened in their families, what people think about certain things. So last year was a wash, wash to me, which is why I'm kind of so excited, especially right. with him. And the way he was talking to ACC Media Day and the way he's kind of grabbing, you know, the bull by the horns now as far as being the leader and everything. Um, I'm, I'm kind of in. I'm really kind of. And that's really, you know, we're going to talk about the quarterbacks again. And I know that we've been talking about the offensive linemen and, now, and nauseam, but that's really the most important thing that's going to be happening here in camp. Yeah, absolutely. If that line that, doesn't come together, it doesn't matter. It's going to look like it's looked for the past two years before, after Dungey left, quite honestly. 
And now maybe, you know, and we'll talk quarterbacks, but we still got one more thing to talk about before quarterbacks. Real quick, Joe, they're um, going to, you know, coaches talking about, look, this is why I came here. That's why I wanted to come here. I wanted to come here because I wanted to play in the dome. I wanted to be around those fans. The fans weren't here last year. You and I talked to, speaking of talking at nauseum, we talked at nauseum last year about, gosh, man, I mean, how many how many times did we come on and, and talk about, man, how, what a difference fans can make? Now, I believe it's a huge edge. It's an edge that, that everybody, home, every home team benefits from, but it's different for us. It's different for your team. Of course, you're biased in that fashion. So, obviously, I think that this is going to be huge. Now, I just read yesterday or today that they're making everybody wear masks, whether you're vaccinated or unvaccinated. So, you got to go in there with a freaking face diaper on. And, you know, uh, I'm not going to get into the politics of this, but I will say that um, good luck keeping masks on all those people. I don't know what the capacity we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be uh, letting fans in at. I'm not sure. I haven't heard. I thought full capacity, which I mean, good freaking luck. Yeah. I mean, it's supposed to be full capacity. I don't I don't really know one way or another, but that's what they're saying. So well, we'll see. So I know they went down back down to phase two again, though. So I don't know what if that changes anything and what's going to change till then. And isn't our first game at Ohio? Yeah. So we won't be in the dome until September 11th, which oh, wow. is the the game against Rutgers, 2 p.m. on Saturday. So, wow. you know, a lot 20, can happen. 20th year anniversary. Yeah, that's right. 20 year anniversary. That's right. So, and that'll be 20, 20 years that I've actually, 20 years that I've lived in Virginia Beach, believe it or not. That's crazy to me. 20 years here. I left Syracuse 20 years ago. That's crazy. Mm. Uh, anyway, I digress. My point is, is that, look, we're what? Separated th- four weeks from a day in the dome. What's going to happen between now and then? God forbid, okay, we're getting a seat change at the governor's office. Final freaking Lee. Okay, finally, this guy. So we'll see what happens. The orders come from there in the county, but really they're coming from the, the, the governor last year for the state. You know, right. talk about phases and all this stuff. So we'll see what happens, but we're four weeks away. Can it get better? Absolutely. Could it get worse? Absolutely. So, uh, but your take, Joe, make a difference, obviously. Of course. You buy, of course. Okay. No, I mean, I buy. You know, I'm a diehard. I, I always went along the lines of, you know, I mean, I looked at. Oh, good for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I knew that was coming. I've always tried to go to the games, and when I'm there, I try to, you know, be as loud lose as I can. Lose your voice. Uh, I lose my voice almost every single time. Right. Uh, I get into it, and, you know, I, I'm not like that at home when I watch it. I mean, I get into it, but I'm not as loud, totally. obviously. But I. Totally when I'm there, there right. I, I'm, I'm one of those guys that's, like, convinced that if everybody just goes there and loses their voices and goes crazy, that it helps. And so I go there and I do my part. And I know people feel like that, and I know there's other people that look at people like me and they're like, Oh, why wow, don't you calm down? Why don't you calm down? Why are you <laughs> so loud? That guy? Sit down. Sit down. It's just a game. Put your mask on. You know, it's like, and it's just one of those things, right, where... That's just how I am, and I know there's a lot of people that are like that. And when you get the students like that involved too, then, uh, you're a good you're a good team. Then, yeah, obviously you get in a place like that where the sound can't escape, and it just echoes. Um, who knows if it's really going to be as hot 
as on the field as it normally is, which no. I know the Babers talked about that. I, I guess and not. There were some worries about that because I know there is some air conditioning, but I don't know, you know, where it's coming in from. If they're going to leave it, try to leave it away from the field as much as possible. I don't know how that works, but um, nonetheless, yeah, I always look at it. And I always had looked at home advantage or home field advantage as an advantage. And they could be an advantage for for every team if they can fill it and they can be loud. Right. So we'll see. Four weeks away. We'll see what happens. My goodness gracious, this dome has been done for a football season and a basketball season. And all we've got to do is look at it on Twitter and on TV. And it's about freaking time to just let these let the fans in. Let them watch their freaking team play, all right, and be done with this shenanigans and whatnot. Michael, me too. Are you there? Hey, what's up, guys? What's up? How you doing? We're we're excellent, Michael. This is our you you are like the caller, and by the <laughs> caller I mean the only caller. I know, I love it. <laughs> hey, that's okay. cool. No, at this rate, he might be the only listener. Yeah. <laughs> But you know what? That's true. That's true. No, that's not true. At least James Zuba's listening. <laughs> I don't know. Does James dig? I don't know if James digs the uh, the the football stuff, but maybe it's possible. He's a big Come fan. On, I heard. He's always commenting on your stuff. Let's go. That's that's true. That's true. He's a huge fan of us. He is. Us of him though. Eh, I mean, I don't know. Hey, hey speak for uh, yourself, buddy. Comment. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> now, of course, we love James. What's up, man? What do you think about uh, if you, you listen to the montage? Were you on for the montage? Did you hear that live? What do you think about that? What do you think about um, fans finally coming back to the Dome? Is it going to happen? Buy, sell, or hold? Buy, sell, or hold? Are fans coming back to the Dome even if they have to wear masks? Yes. You're going to buy? Yep, 100%. Okay, all right. These, these fans are diehards. I mean, you guys are diehards. I'm a diehard, like always been like this i will go to that dome if i'm around no matter what okay so but the other thing like so did you guys read any of those columns about like the the coaches talking smack about our team and yeah. how we're not gonna win a game and, yeah like, they they do those anonymous uh coach things every year yeah we, we talked about that not too long ago a few weeks ago maybe but yeah you know i i enjoy that stuff i really do I don't care if they put a name to it or not. I mean, it's it's in some of it's true though. Let's be honest. Some of it's true. You might not like it, but some of it's true. Yeah, I just I I I'm the firm believer in like let the kids play and prove it. Absolutely. Like, if you're not, you know, if we're if we're terrible, then we're terrible. But like don't say they're terrible before they've even played a game. Um, well, that's that's <sighs> fair. Silly. That's fair. Hold on, hold on, hold on. That's very fair, especially especially coming into this year. Because obviously, when we sit here and we talk, and Joe and I stopped doing this for a very good reason, but when we talk about expectations, look, the expectations aren't tough this year, man. Win two games, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm, in all seriousness, uh, coming off of what happened last year, just Syracuse did not fare well. Through that, the the, the football team, they just Dude, they didn't injury, injuries and opt outs and like there was so much against that team that I knew they really were going to win more than one or two or maybe three at the most. Yeah, it was not. It was not, they, they had their backs against the wall. The offensive line, like Joe and I were saying, was was awful and atrocious. 
And not only that, but um, like you mentioned, what were we on? Our third string quarterback, fourth string quarterback, maybe at some point. I mean, it was, yeah, it was abysmal to say the least. Well, I mean, I'm right there with Michael, except for the fact that I look at it like, um, I mean, it's sad that that's where the media has gotten to now at this point is that they got to go out and they actually have to like hunt for negative stuff to put out there because realistically you're right. Like why are people even going and asking other coaches from other teams questions about someone else is going to do, especially under, you know, the guys, they they do it for every ACC team. I understand that they do it for every ACC team, but they do this, they put it out there and then people end up, it it becomes way more bigger of it. And like you said, I'm, I'm cool with it because it gives, it gives Syracuse ammo to like go after it, but that's part of what's wrong with media because at the end of the day, what are they giving them? They're giving them a Twitter platform. Hey, say what you want. We're not even going to tell you who we are. So it's just like right. what Twitter, right? Where you're hiding behind some like what what little name, little nickname, little at yeah, this, like like at, that, like at Cuse Militia. Right. So now <laughs> you have a situation where you have somebody who can say whatever they want about any team, and they know that they're never going to be found out to begin with in the first place. So all it is is just crap. It's I just think the, icing. I think DeVito wears women's shoes, you know, just like some crazy stuff. <laughs> well, the thing is, too, is at the end of the day, all the people know that you have to just, like you said, line up and play the game anyway. That's what's going to happen. What you said is what's going to happen. All this other little stuff, it's just there for, you know, to get people riled up and to make that type of entertainment. But realistically, uh, would some of these coaches say it if they had to? That's that's what I want to know. My question is, is how many coaches would say the same thing if they knew that their names would be disclosed? Oh, there's not any oh, no. of them. That answer would be completely different. Yeah, right? of course. They'd be <laughs> like, oh, well, they got a good team. They're, they're building. Dino's doing a really good job with no, what he's got over injuries, there. And you don't really know who we got. <laughs> Uh, redshirted and opt out. And, you know, we don't yeah, know all exactly. the details of this, that, and the other. And, you know, it's just hard to say. But, you know, it seems like he's doing a pretty good job with what he's got. Mm-hmm. Bunch of frauds. So, I mean, I take that stuff with a grain of salt. But I hope yeah. that the coaches and the team, I hope they print that crap out and post it up around the locker room. And, and also, let people read it. Let's, let's be honest. When it's anonymous, and we're talking about sports writers, okay? I mean, journalism isn't exactly like on the up and up these days. Okay. <laughs> So, you you've got you got they really reliable. You got these could, these could technically all be made up, right? Writers that's what I'm saying. I can quote, I can like, take an anonymous anything and throw it out there, and no one can question whether or not it was even said. Yeah, Joe exactly. is one of the O's your quotes. <laughs> yeah, no. trust. No. They're not calling no Joe. <laughs> no comment. No comment. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, some of this stuff might not even be true. But at the end of the day, when you're going to spew negativity, I mean. Any real athlete or any anybody, I mean, dude, you people spewing negativity at work, it would motivate me. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it doesn't matter where or what you are. If you're a man and you're got some sense of pride, that's going to fuel you. Absolutely. So whatever. Uh, that's why I'm fine with it. I don't. And that's why it doesn't uh, I'm, bother I'm me. With you, Joe. I, I hope they post it all over the locker room and just be like, "This is what people think of you." Prove them wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they've got a lot to prove this year. They really do. Oh, they got they. There's nowhere to go but up. <laughs> exactly. But that's why I'm, that's why I'm say, shooting hey, for look, two wins. We we won we one game, bottom. so we can definitely still go down. Right. All right, Michael. Anything <laughs> else? while we got you. Yeah. So, what do you guys think about the uh, the new wide receiver that was uh, like, I don't know, no D- stars or whatever, but is like killing it as far as like coaches' opinions. 
Uh, Devon Cooper. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't hear much of what coaches had to say, but, I mean, we did mention him earlier. And, look, this team could use help at wide receiver, obviously. So I think it's great just to, you know, the, the word of the day is depth, to add some of that depth. But I had mentioned, I think this was from Mike McAllister, but when Arizona, 21 catches for 395 yards, and then he transferred to UTEP two seasons with the Miners had 20 catches for 238 or 283 yards and a touchdown. So he's a guy that was, has been targeted. I did see a couple of small clips. I think Dominic um, tagged us in something on Twitter and there were some, there was a couple of clips on there and you know, highlights are made to impress, but at the end of the day, if we get to see him on the field and he shows his stuff, I mean, obviously, I'm always excited when you bring a guy on. And apparently, they're bringing him on as a redshirt senior walk-on, whatever the hell that means. So in, in anybody with experience like that, like we were saying earlier, is I, get ex- I can't help but get a little excited. You know, what if? Okay. What, what's that? Is he a slot guy or is yes, he like he, a he's, ball? What is he, Joe? 5'11", 170? Yeah, 5'11", 175. We yeah. were talking about him earlier. He went to high school with Sean uh, Riley, actually. Oh, yeah. And, and um, he was actually more highly ranked than he was. So he was a three-star. I think he was ranked 91st in, in receivers um, that year. He went to Arizona where uh, Sean Riley wanted to go, but they didn't offer him a scholarship. So that's why Sean Riley went to Syracuse, and um, he actually took a visit, Devon Cooper did, with Sean Riley back in the day to Syracuse, but decided to stay with Arizona. But he's had um, injury-plagued years, and um, as you know, Sean Riley, this is this is how bad it is, really. Sean Riley's been gone for, what, a year and a half or two, two, two. seasons now? Yeah. Or one season or something, and this kid's still got uh, two years of eligibility. It's so one, one full season. You're right. No more full season, yeah. So uh, this was a kid that was once more highly ranked than than Sean Riley, and um, you know I can can only imagine he's really just um, looking for a place where he can revitalize his career and uh, hopefully stay healthy. So um, he is a walk on in the the books, but you're talking about an an older guy that is a three star guy that uh, just wants to prove himself. So he's definitely got some talent, and uh, he can definitely like we were talking about earlier could help. All right, Michael, we appreciate you chiming in, bro. Keep it up. Yeah. All right, buddy. Take care. All right, you too, guys. Take it easy. All right, bye. All right, Joe, moving on here. The quarterback competition is what everybody wants to hear. I know we're running a little bit over. This is going to be a little bit extra. So you heard Tommy DeVito talk and in, in, in also Garrett Trader. He stumbled over his words a little bit, but we get what he was saying. Um. Talking about there needs to be an outright winner. He doesn't want to. Coach doesn't want to have to pick a QB, right? So, no. Well, they both said that. Right. So they both know the deal. And fair is fair, right? And fair is fair. And we could talk about kind of our thoughts just on a, on a personal level or whatever. But the learning curve that Garrett Schrader mentioned, that's a lot to overcome when you're in the second week, week of, yeah. of spring training, right? So he's starting f- – way behind in my opinion but but in my opinion as well i feel like he's someone that can he look he he didn't he transferred here to get the the starting job right okay 
that in itself is 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 huge motivation. Okay, you're here now. You got to do what you got to do. You got to shine. Um, I think quarterback competition in the off season is tremendous, and I do think honestly that Devito has the edge right now. I don't think, I don't even know if it's clear, but it seems like he does. I mean, even coach said he did right uh, in the in one of the press conferences before. So, with that said, Joe. What do you think? What do you think about Garrett Trader coming in here, Ooh. being three years behind the on, the, in, on the program stuff, having to relearn a new offense, all the language, and still being able to bag a starting position? Yeah. Now, um, now here's the thing, too. I mean, I'm just going to throw this at you because you're going to talk, and you're going to talk for like five minutes, and I'm not going to be able to Probably. Check you okay. Go ahead. So the other thing is, is that, the other possibility is that, okay, Tommy DeVito starts because he's got the experience in the offense. But through practice and maybe Tommy makes some mistakes or whatever, whatever the case may be, Garrett Trader comes in, ends up grabbing the starting position. Or who knows? Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. But what do you think? There's a lot of different ways you can look at this. Um, number one, obviously, they got to look at it from the offensive line perspective. I know that was obviously number one. They fixed the offensive line, then they can figure something out. Bringing in that new offensive line, um, coach is obviously going to help. But I'm not so sure. I know, like, obviously, Tommy knows the players and all that stuff. And I don't know how much the playbook changed, but we did just change um, an offensive coordinator last year, right? So I'm sure there are some changes in what Tommy DeVito had to learn. So, uh, and also one of the things that I got from the, um, the interviews from the quarterbacks that I don't think were in the montage was, uh, that they were talking about, I think they asked Garrett Schrader whether or not, you know, they got them um, both running the same types of plays and, uh, or if they are kind of calling, they were at first, right? They were at first, but now they're starting to, so, Again, I mean, if they're going to be able to evaluate, you know, what plays work, what what's better, you know, and and really, that's kind of where you're going to look at because if they can't keep Tommy upright, like I don't care if he knows the playbook or not, this kid Schrader, he can improv, he can improvise, he can run, you know, he was when he when he played for Mississippi State the one year as a freshman, he was only one of three FBS uh, freshman quarterbacks that threw for over a thousand yards, ran for over five hundred. You know, I mean, he threw and he threw and ran for uh, a touchdown against LSU and Auburn that year. They were both top 10 teams. So, I mean, you're talking about as a freshman, he did all this. He's 6'4", 230. So in size, he's way bigger and he's way mobile, way more mobile than than Tommy. And really, he's a better improviser. So I'm not trying and this isn't a Tommy DeVito hit piece. It's just to me, it comes down to scheme and it comes down to um which type of quarterback is going to make your team better? So, um, real realistically, this is just an evaluation period for that whole situation. And you know, the the worst part about it is, is that if if, if the offensive line can't keep Tommy upright, then it's really not even. Again, comes down to it's not even Tommy's fault, but he just can't make the can't plays or the decisions to get out of those to, to those spots. You right. know, if, if, if you know what I mean, right? Yeah. But Garrett Schrader, he can get out of those positions. He can get out of those spots. Um, and with us proving that we could, you know, get a little bit of run game going near the end of the year last year and with the running back stable that we have to be able to run like that and have an, uh, a runner. Um, 
and that makes it, you know, especially with read option stuff, which is what he did at Mississippi State, that makes it real, real difficult. And we know just a couple years ago we had a guy named Eric Dungy, and we know how difficult it was for defenses to stop that guy. Right. Because he was either handing it off, faking the handoff, running, faking the handoff, running, throwing. He, he was, was like 80. It all. He was like 80 20 favoring to keeping that thing, by the way. Yeah, but but either way, you know, that's that's the read, right? I mean, he's yeah. throwing interceptions and going and getting the ball back and stripping it back. No right? kidding. So, no kidding. So, I yeah. mean, we had a guy like that, and in, 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 <laughs> like we, we talked about it realistically, you're talking 10 wins and beyond, you're talking ranked and beyond. Syracuse in our history, for the most part, we've it's been dual threat quarterbacks, um, and I know that that's got to. Tommy had a good line when he came in and he played against it when when Eric Dungy was there and Eric Dungy got hurt and we were talking about oh this year you know can Tommy and people were talking calling for Dungy's head that year. Oh my gosh, remember. yeah, that, oh absolutely, so, I remember. In fact, regrettably, we did it. And you know, a lot of that was the line. A lot of that was the line. But a lot of that, you know, was just all the players around him and the fact that, you know, these teams were still kind of scheming for a, a running quarterback and everything. So um, after that year, we lost a lot of key guys. And, you know, we've seen what happens in the last two years when you can't keep Tommy upright. And we've seen the de- decisions that he makes when he's outside of the pocket. And, if he has to get out of the side of the pocket to survive, then we're probably better off starting Gary Schrader. And that's really what it's going to come down to. We're not even in a position where the best quarterback might act, you know, the best quarterback or the best guy that's got a chance of maybe playing next level somewhere, even CFL or whatever, like might not even be the starter. We might just have to choose a starter based upon what our line can do and what our team can do around us. So it's going to be interesting, and that's obviously going to be the talk of the town. But um, honestly, to me, if Tommy was ahead of the game, and, and that's another telling thing too, is that if they were equally talented, but this dude had uh, uh, was ahead of the game because he's been there for two or three years, then he would automatically be the starter. The fact that they can't even send a quarterback to the ACC media day, the fact that we're talking about the fact that there's an open competition that both these quarterbacks are saying, well, we got to make it black or white. Coach said we got to make it black or white. Like the fact that we're even there tells me that this kid Garrett is more talented than Tommy. And the only thing that that comment tells me, the only thing keeping Tommy in the race is the fact that he's been there for two or three years. Right. So that kind of stuff, that's how I look at a comment like that. And, um, you know, I remember we did our too early, beginning of the season you know uh our predictions on the way, what we thought way were gonna too happen. early predictions yeah yep and i chose for our men's lacrosse team to win the national championship loss yeah and then you chose and, garrett trader to start over tommy devito well the other one was our men's and women's basketball teams were both gonna make the sweet 16 but right and the last one was garrett Schrader, so i gotta get at least one and like i said at this point if Tommy was just as talented as him, and he had that whole thing. Then there would be an obvious, like I said, he's he's running with the ones, but there's still an open competition. And to me, tell that that just tells me a lot. And when I watch that Mississippi State, and I and I urge everybody who's still listening, God bless you if you are, but go on YouTube or wherever and check out just check out Garrett Schrader's tape from Mississippi State and just watch those highlights and and how they ran that offense. 
and just tell me that that, that that wouldn't have been a perfect, just complimentary, just replacement for for Dungy. You could have been able to run the same offense. You have that same type of running quarterback. Um, and I think really this past two years, that's really just what you've seen is is a team that had a, a, a dual threat quarterback tried to scheme and switch into a pocket passer quarterback, and I just it just hasn't worked. So um, so we'll see. But something tells me really real deep down that. There's a lot of players and a lot of coaches on that team that probably want a new start. So, um, well, I don't, that's not coming from somebody inside, but right. it's just. I, I don't know how the fans feel, but when I look, I was huge on Tommy to the point where, as I mentioned, regrettably called for him to come in over Dungey at one point for whatever reason. I don't even remember right now what what was so bad about Dungey, but it was it got bad. It was like atrocious for a game and everybody lost their, or a couple of games and everybody lost their minds. It was dumb. Okay. I think we all <laughs> learned a big, big valuable lesson from that. Okay. Yep. And also this turned around, did the same thing. Not so much last year, but the year before when we were calling for everybody, Rex Culpepper, right? Over Tommy no, DeVito. Were, yeah, yeah. People yeah. were calling for so, Tommy DeVito's head. Right. right. Yes, exactly. So, and now we're in a situation where, okay, we've got we've got dueling QBs right now. We don't know what's going to happen with it. You got one guy with the experience, one guy trying to learn and get through that learning curve, and become the starter. When I look at these guys, just in the interviews, I mean, tell me you wouldn't just love to just stool up with Garrett Schrader, and have a beer, okay? <laughs> because <laughs> this is where we're at. Because I haven't seen him play. I, can't, I, mean, I haven't watched practices. I've watched some highlights, but it doesn't tell me anything. There's not a whole lot of reporting going on about it. No. But he's a, we don't even know if he can drink a beer. Right. Really, but. True. That's true. But if he could, I would stool up with him. I love the beard. He's rocking the look, and he's a country boy. And, I mean, he's a hard-nosed country boy, and he's a big dude. I like that. That's what I want my quarterback to do. I want him to drink beer. Have a big beard and be a country boy. <laughs> Those are the three things I want my quarterback to have. Okay? So. <laughs> you so, watch too many movies, man. So I know, right? So, anyways, I'm just saying he's a likable guy. Obviously, whoever coach starts is going to be, I hope, um, based on meritocracy as far as, you know, being putting the most talented guy out there. But. I like I like Garrett Trader. I like his swag. I like his look, man. And 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 I I do love Tommy DeVito, and he's gotten the short end of the stick. So in his defense, yeah. you know we really haven't seen his full potential yet, in my opinion. Right. So we it's don't. Right. So we don't know. And right. I, I would feel bad. I'm just gonna throw it out there. I would feel bad if Tommy DeVito didn't get the start, and he's been here this long. And he's finally got an offensive line or a decent, better offensive line than he's had the past couple of years. And I would mm-hmm. feel bad if Garrett Trader didn't get the start and he freaking transferred and worked his butt off to try to get the position and he didn't. So can you imagine how the coaches feel? I mean, that's how I feel as a fan. That's a no. difficult decision to be made for to be made for a coach. It's got to be black and white. And that's why coaches are saying it's got to be black and white. You both need to know that this guy's starting and that there's no denying it. Oh yeah, well, and they gotta let the coaches know too, right? And that's well, that's absolutely, really the thing. right? Yeah, and that's the thing is, is again, I, I mean, I look at it like 
a situation where you got a guy that can be there for a couple more years that could be a plus two because again you don't want to you don't want the guy to transfer out again right and to be perfectly honest with you uh, I mean I think that if they were to name Garrett Schrader the starter you might see a situation where Tommy doesn't burn his year eligibility and he ends up transfer. He says he wants to transfer so that he can go and he can play next year somewhere and actually get a shot, you know? And like, again, this isn't a, well, I think Garrett Schrader's way better than, than Tommy thing. It's a, I think that Garrett Schrader just fits in the mold of what we need as a quarterback to be successful in Syracuse. If that makes sense, it's not a it's not a kill Tommy piece. If Tommy can go somewhere where he can sit in the pocket and that damn line is going to protect him, and he doesn't have to go running and making the decisions with his feet, and do I throw it away? Do I, you know, try to fit it in there? Do I run out of bounds? Like, do I slide? All that stuff. Um, then he could be a pretty successful quarterback. You can see him; he's definitely got a stronger arm and he's got better accuracy than Garrett Schrader right now, and he knows the playbook better. So, I mean, if we come out in 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 Tommy's the, the week one starter um, from the get-go going into Ohio. It's going to tell me one of two things. It's going to tell me that, well, it could be three. But either way, it's going to tell me that the line is good enough to keep him in the pocket. Also, that he's making better decisions when he's actually rolling out and improvising. But also, it's going to possibly tell me how much how good Tommy's actually doing. If he starts, then it's gonna be it's gonna be one of two things, right? It's either that or Garrett Schrader was just that bad with this line too, so we got to put in the guy that's more experienced or and get, that knows. Or he just the hasn't learned better. the system. He, he, you know, he's had X amount of time to learn the system, and he hasn't learned the system. Exactly. And to be perfectly honest, we might see a situation where it's not black and white by Ohio, and they switch off quarters. They switch I, off I, certain. I got to be honest. I don't see it being black and white at this point. And as you mentioned, the ACC media day was one thing, but for them to look, we don't know. It's just not the feeling I get. The feeling I get is maybe Tommy has a slight edge because of, because of his experience in this offense and with this team. All right. I know it's different offensive coordinator, but with this team and this coach, and there's a level of loyalty there. Dino's a loyal guy, loyal guy. Okay, if you no, don't, if you don't he, think he's going to humans mostly are right. Right. Until Absolutely. You get done wrong. So. Right. And you so so, you know, damn well, on a human level, Dino is given. Pro- I mean, I'm speculating, but I believe that Dino's got some loyalty to Tommy. And he's like, probably pulled Tommy aside and be like, look, dude, you can't make this difficult. Right. Well, and then, you know, and I, when they say black and white, it's it's I don't think it's to them as much as it is the peers. Right. Oh, it's to everybody. I, it, I can I can look at a situation where I'm a senior or I'm coming back and I want to write the one in 10 wrong last year. But Tommy's my guy. I've known him for four years. He knows the playbook. You know, who's this who's this guy with the accent coming in? It's running around, you know. Yeah. Who's this guy? Is... Take his job. Right. So, yeah, there's going to be some loyalty. Oh, Tommy's our guy. Tommy's this. But as they practice, as they play. And as you see it play out, the human nature is going to come out. There'll still be some people that are loyal. There'll still be some people that might not say it to someone's face. But in your heart, when you look at this dude and you're like, oh, this guy gives us a better chance. I mean, I, I know Tommy. I like him better. I know that's what I mean by black and white, because, I mean, it's it's probably going to get to a point where even the team's going to be able to be like, yeah, it should probably be that guy. You know, or it's a uh, no, this guy definitely can't take he named better than Tommy. You know what I mean? It's one of the two. 
But at the end of the day, everybody wants to win. So, I mean, when it comes down to black and white and it comes down to sitting down and talking to your peers and them being honest about what's going to help them be successful the best, then they're going to all be honest. Uh, if they don't leave it black and white, I believe we see two quarterbacks pretty much. Well, Garrett uh, Schrader was asked, do you see a, you see a, a possibility or is it is it? Is it a possibility that you would have a two quarterback system? And and he he said yes, but he kind of walked it back a little bit. But you know, that's not I. That's just not what I want. Yeah, well, I mean, when you, when when he says you got to make it black or white, do you think he's talking about like like you have to make it black or white to win the job outright, or do you think it's a situation where no, I you think know, it needs to so be. If it, I think everybody needs to know. Like, it's if if it's black and white, it's everybody knows. It's right. clear cut, so that way but it's not making a, it for the coaches or for everybody. Well, black and white would tell me, and since they do it in public, it'd be for everybody. So, in other words, it would be Tommy would know that a he's starting or that b he's not starting, and vice versa for Garrett Schrader. Yeah, but they want to make they want the coaches want them to basically fight and know that it's it's close and that it's got to be black and white for us to make a decision. I guess my, my question is, is that if it isn't black and white, do you think that means two system quarterback? Or do you think that means, Hey, look, if it's not black and white, then Tommy's going to get the job. Absolutely. He's been been the senior guy. Yeah. And I think then that's why I proposed the question in the beginning when I said, I see a situation where maybe Garrett Trader isn't fully up to speed with everything and Tommy starts, but maybe either he makes some mistakes or through just practices and whatnot. And and maybe it's solely through practices. And once Garrett Trader learns and they realize that he's better, maybe he starts. I don't mean, I don't know. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. I, I think, I do think that he brings up a good point to, to in his defense of himself where he's really, more learning than showcasing his skills to some extent right now. Right. So he's juggling, he's juggling more than Tommy's having to juggle. Tommy's getting to go out there and just sling it and, you know, do the best he can with everything else. But Garrett traders, he's still learning everything. Right. And so, I mean, there's, you know, he's, he's a step behind when it comes to that. And and then we talked about the loyalty. So if it's not black and white, then yeah, Tommy DeVito is going to get the edge. He's going to, he's going to start, we're going to see him week one. And then he's going to throw a a high, high ball out of bounds. And that's almost going to get intercepted and everybody's going to go for his head again. (laughs) Well, and I guess that's my thing. My thing is, is that we've gone through seasons where basically like, I mean, you have people calling for, you know, Rex Culpepper and Zach Mahoney. I know. Over, I know. Over it. Tommy. It's so and stupid. It's like, and, and by the way, when I say when I make that joke, my joke is not on Tommy. That joke is is aimed towards the fans. No, but they were doing it last year, right? And then yes. The Jacobian. That it was the yes. Jacobian thing, right? And now yes. we have Justin Lampson coming in, right? Yeah. So it's my like, my brother-in-law was was calling for for Jacobian Morgan. Like I truly believe this quarterback room is like the deepest that it's been period for since we've done this podcast easily um, with yeah. the amount of yeah absolutely i mean just with two let's be honest no i mean you had you had you had dungy devito. devito mahoney okay not bad. all right it's not terrible but the, this one's better that was though. it though but that this is better yeah only because of the depth yeah absolutely 
So we have so many quarterbacks in that quarterback room, and you know our fans, that it's just going to go on to the next one, on to the next one. But then you get this this guy. I mean, Garrett Schrader, dude, he, he put up decent – he was the 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 fourth ranked player in the state of North Carolina out of Charlotte. The year that he was coming out, he was the fourth ranked recruit. He was a mm-hmm. four star quarterback. Went to SEC, Mississippi State. Played in eight games, started four. And I mean, he he played really, really. He played in eight games, started the last four because he was doing better than the other guy. And he played against ACC defenses. And the only reason that he transferred was because they changed coaches and changed schemes. Like, that was it. So you get this guy. You don't think the minute DeVito throws one out of bounds or gets sacked instead of throwing it away or runs out of bounds. Runs out of bounds. Five that was yards his, behind the line of scrimmage instead that was of throwing his, it away. Like, yeah. That was his Achilles heel, man, running out of bounds with the ball. It's like. You, know, you ran 15 yards to run out of bounds when you could have just thrown it away and not lost five yards. So that's like. Yeah. It's it's those kind of things. It's going to be the fans were just you couldn't couldn't deal with. Our fans are it, they're finicky as hell, Joe, and, and, and they're gonna. It's always going to be a thing. They're always going to be coming after you know quarterbacks and point guards, right? Well, that's why we make yeah. <laughs> so I'm just saying. So it is what it is. We know it's going to come. The problem the the problem. Well, not really the problem, but it's not a problem for us. But we'll see what happens. We got we got three weeks. But it's was the it? offensive line. That's what's so funny about it. You know I, I, I mean? yeah. Well, yeah, I do. Because it's just like you said, it just always gravitates to that. Like if our offensive line could keep him up to where he could go, at least get to maybe I don't know his second read or his third read maybe or something, then you could blame it on that. But it's like he gets sacked and everyone's like, throw the ball away, and I'm like, that was like three seconds. Like that wasn't he had. He's not even outside you know, the pocket yet. He can't throw the ball away. No, but I'm yeah. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Right. Like if yeah. he's getting, and it's like, dude, he had three seconds. Like he caught the ball, looked at his first read, and got sacked. Like, what do you want him to do, right? And then on the ones that he escapes, that's when it's like, oh, get rid of it. Oh, he should have done this. He should have done that. And I'm like, you guys don't remember that the reason he had to run all the way out here was because there was an offensive line breakdown and someone was chasing him. So instead of getting sacked in the pocket where you're yelling, yo, just get rid of the ball. <laughs> Like, then you go outside the pocket, and then they make. I mean, everything stemmed from them not being able to. To I mean, they couldn't block anything. Yeah. Last year, it was no, really, it was really bad, bad. and yeah. it's just not going to get better for anybody if that doesn't get better. So, we'll wait. We'll see. And I'd honestly be willing. I'd be very, very surprised if we only play. <laughs> If there's a one starting quarterback in the beginning of the season and he's the starter all the way through, I, I wouldn't would be, be surprised. surprised. I wouldn't be surprised either. So we're we're gonna see what happens. Hopefully, there's some more developments. We're gonna try to get back here. Obviously, by the way, I ended the montage with Garrett Williams because that dude is exciting. Okay, he he's he's not only a good interview, but he's exciting, and I'm looking I'm looking very forward to seeing Garrett Williams in this defense this year, because this is going to be, that's his secondary back there. And he's going to, he's the man. I mean, he come out of nowhere last year, just an amazing player and mm-hmm. um, super excited to get to watch him again. And, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. You guys. Okay. I'm yeah. Starting he's to uh, I'm glad. I'm glad you, you finally got your, you got your last vacation in, right? 
we're getting here near the end of August. Okay, so uh, I mean, I know you still got your pool well, and everything. I, I, I mean, I get four weeks of vacation. I've used one. So. Okay, well, your summer vacations. Okay. Yeah. Well, I just don't think I'm gonna get it to use the other ones. But yeah, I got the pool. Most likely not. I got the I got the the the, the outdoor bar being built, finished up. Yeah, so you got all that out of your system. You got back from vacation, and mm-hmm. you caught back up with everything that's mm-hmm. been going on. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we're good. Yeah. Pre- NFL preseason starting. Good things coming from all camps, from all Syracuse players. So. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to uh, see what happens with this quarterback stuff. Really excited to see what happens from the start of the year to the end of the year. Uh, spoke with Tyler Morona the other night. Had good conversation with him. And might be doing something with him coming up, maybe. So we'll just have to see. Like I said, we got three weeks. We're definitely going to be back here before the Ohio game. Yeah. So we'll try to put something together. Be on the lookout for some buy, seller holds and all that fun stuff. But uh, this episode is going way too long. Uh, it's past my bedtime, Joe. And we even started early. So I thank all of you for hanging out with us. We really appreciate it. Uh, Please spread the word. Go to Apple. Rate us five stars. Why not? For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Peace. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers. Hunt for muddy puddles. And bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.